Welcome to the Ear for Fear podcast, the horror movie podcast that boils and ghouls and dead alike are screaming for. Don't be afraid to listen as Rick and the Creeps bore their way into your brains, slither down onto your arteries, into your still beating hearts. Hi, welcome to the Ear for Fear podcast. This is the podcast that talks about scary movies or movies trying to be scary. (laughs) (laughs) Got a few guests in the house today. We got Morris, one of the creeps. Hey, man. Uh, Monster Movie Man 13. Uh, I I better throw that out because I will forget. And we got a treat here. We got Boogeyman Ben. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, thank you. Hey, man, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Bo- yes. So, so Boogeyman Ben is calling us. Uh, you're from? Are you living Concord? Concord? Yeah, no? I'm living. It's funny. I'm in I'm in Panola right now. I'm at my mom's house because I was oh. helping her with stuff. But I'm, I I was born in Richmond, grew up in Panola, and I live in Concord now. All right. Oh, sweet. So, and this is our first time doing like a call in. So, yeah, I'm kind of like it's kind of like a trial and error, and I'm kind of excited <laughs> about it. But thanks for for uh, joining us, man. Uh, um let, let's try to give a little background you we were following uh ben on instagram or you were no i'm following on youtube youtube yeah YouTube. I, for oh god probably maybe seven eight years ago uh yeah. I, I, fir- I first found you on youtube i was following you and uh mr parka from screaming toilet uh a lot of my favorite youtube channels i'll subscribe to and then i see all your updates and yeah, i get the little notification and and uh yeah man i love your videos and and uh a lot of things the way you feel about horror and me and the way i do too align so watching your videos were fun so yeah and then i I told rick about them yes and i think we you ran it we last year's uh creature con you ran into him didn't you Mm -hmm. and then and then uh it was like a sticker with the podcast. Yeah, we were. That's right. We yeah. were giving. We were getting out the stickers for the sticker. podcast. I still have yeah. It, yeah, I have it on my door to my room. Oh, nice, right nice. Yeah. And and then we 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 saw him again at this year's uh, Sinister Con yeah. here in Sacramento. Yeah. And right. I had never met him. And then uh, I think you guys were in line to to get an autograph from Bill Mosley. Yep. And uh, I rolled on up and we started chatting. And it was like we known each other forever. Oh, um, totally. Yeah, it's it was cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all seem to kind of have similar, you know, similar, uh, I, I guess, um, I don't know, opinions as to horror. Uh, and so, um, and then we were talking about doing this episode. I'm like, hell, let's reach out to Ben and see if he's willing. Nice. And here you are, man. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it's, thank it's you on our end. Yeah, on. absolutely. We're excited to have you, man. Uh, so before, uh, we're uh, today, we're going to do uh, a top five of uh, 1980. So uh, 1980 horror movies that that are top five. It doesn't mean it's it's yeah. it's the... Our personal favorites. Yeah, our personal favorites. So, so top five of 1980. But uh, before we jump into that, man, what I like to do is when we have a, a first-time guest, we like to ask them questions. And you didn't know that we were going to do this, so we're springing this on you. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nothing, it's like I said, it's nothing too crazy, man. You don't have to take out a, a pen and, and start listing every state in the U.S. Nothing, and, and their capital. <laughs> nothing. It's nothing like that. It's, it's all horror related. And, and it allows our our audience to kind of get an idea of uh, who you are. 
you know so it's pretty painless man so okay. uh so so question number one you know this is where i should have an intro where it's like one. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh what is your all-time favorite horror film uh salem's lot from 1979 nice. that'll always be favorite that just to give a little i did do a kind of a mini documentary i'd like to call it um because i was in the town where they filmed it in the area where they filmed the exterior locations primarily Wumpen, humboldt and uh like arcada uh, no excuse me not arcada but fortuna eureka and ferndale and uh just pretty much gave a history about the film but i've just it was so much fun putting that together. I got to pretty much visit every location that's there and uh it just it's one of those films that it's the first film that ever terrified me, and mm. it was one I avoided for a number of years. I saw it when it aired, so I was five years oh old. Oh, my when gosh, it, yeah. Well, the, yeah, and uh, the November 24th of 1974, 1979, was when uh, the second part of the miniseries aired, and I watched that one. I didn't see part one, um, but it scared me so bad, and... I just for years I never wanted to see it again, and then as I got a little older, it started showing up on like cable television, the condensed version, the uh, two-hour, mm. hundred and eleven-minute version, and um, I just got hooked by it. And uh, at that point, I'd seen some other horror films, so I think at that point I was more prepared. But as a little kid, not knowing what I was going into and seeing children as vampires really just <laughs> yeah, did it. Yeah. Yeah. totally creepy in my opinion i mean i i really i know for some people it's a slow burn especially the you know nearly four hour miniseries um but uh for me it's just like for me it's like chicken soup it's just it's something that i could put on and it just it never gets old nice. yeah i have a few of those movies yes yeah <laughs> you know what's funny ben is is back when it first aired on tv uh if, if it was november i had to have been 10 so oh my my okay. parents let me watch it uh, the first night it was on TV and I watched that first uh, total, you know, night of, and mm-hmm. then, and then when the second part came on, um, I, they, I want to say they were watching something else and they wouldn't switch over the TV. And this is before the advent oh, yeah. of, uh, you know, VHS uh, that was more accessible in our house. We didn't buy a VHS player until I think 80 or 81. So, uh, yeah, I never did get to see that second part until it was years <laughs> later on VHS. I didn't see the first part until I was a little... Well, again, I saw the movie, you know, when they nice. called it the yeah. movie. I saw moments of the first part because they condensed it pretty significantly. Right. I saw the full miniseries, like, from start to finish when I was about 11. Oh, That's wow. when I saw so it took a while for me to actually see the whole thing you know what's funny is i remember watching it when i was a kid and it scared the crap out of me too yeah and i had went years in fact i couldn't even tell you the last time i watched it and i and i had recently realized i didn't own it so i went i went and bought it on blu-ray and i haven't i have and this was maybe a week or two ago and i haven't and i haven't watched it since i bought it but i'm like i'm kind of like saving it kind of hoping to you know watch it here soon but it's been a long time since i've watched it but i remember as a kid it scared the crap out of me it disappointed (laughs) me that i never was able to finish it I, i i don't think i I finished it until like 85 when it was in that uh, Warner Brothers big old clamshell VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I rented it from from a mom and pop store, and I actually got to see the rest of it. So that always uh, kind of disappointed me. Yeah, we rented it all the time because that's 
when my dad started taking me to video stores and like uh i'm gonna say like 84 85 that's when i started seeing it and it was and i actually have one of the i actually if you knew how many copies of it i have <laughs> oh i bet you i you can have imagine <laughs> i have it on disc i have it on blu-ray i have it on dvd i have it on vhs i have it on beta i have a digital i have a copy from overseas i have pretty much everything Do you have a laser disc is there a big laser I disc of it? i don't have a player but i bought the laser oh, disc oh yeah it so i was like so it's not even it's not even opened i just put it in the frame because i'm like yeah. well i'm never gonna have a laser disc player but i heard they look great i remember watching them in film school laser discs like nice. i remember seeing for in film school but i never um uh never owned one yeah now now was that do you remember was that the first horror movie you saw or you know do you remember yeah. the first one you ever watched I remember watching it. My mom and I used to watch uh, John Stanley's Creature Features back mm. when I was probably, I'm going to say I was probably four. Um, it used to come on Channel 2, I mm -hmm. believe at 11 o'clock. Um, again, I was really young. But I just remember we had this, uh, and I talk about it in that video when I talk about Sam Lot. We had this gold, we had these gold couches. I remember we had, because 70s, you know, like 78. Oh, yeah. So, we had, like, these two gold couches. One was kind of like an L-shaped and one was just like a regular couch. And I remember my mom and I would lay on the couch and watch TV. And she said one time she woke up and she's like, Ben, what are you watching? <laughs> twisted brain. I still remember saying that. And I was watching <laughs> this movie. And I still don't remember a lot about it, but I remember it was a very eerie, weird movie but i remember i always remember the intro to, to creature features and i remember uh -huh. john stan bob wilkins i remember watching those um so i think i had seen and at that time i was really big into the incredible hulk with lou ferrigno oh yeah yeah like but i that was kind of like my um launching uh in terms of i was fascinated by dr jekyll and mr hyde mm -hmm. so that's why i really got into the hulk and uh but again, as a kid, my biggest thing was that I always felt like children were safe. And I think that's why Salem's <laughs> Lot was over the edge. Because I always felt like everything I had been watching was with adults. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, there's no kids being hurt. Or, you know, even as a, it's weird, your kid logic when you're a kid. And I just remember always thinking, oh, children are safe. And then seeing Salem's Lot, seeing Ralphie <laughs> and like turn into vampires, gruesome vampires. Um, I think that's what that's what really got me in that movie mm. but i had watched like i think i remember seeing like the wolfman i used to have my mom buy me like magazines and books with the with monsters on them i was a big halloween person like the season of halloween oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. That was my my favorite you know my first halloween i was six months old and my grandmother always shows me this picture of me with this jack-o-lantern laughing and i actually i think i <laughs> that, i did use that picture in my video nice. because it and I always liked to dress up when I was four. I was the Hulk for Halloween. So yeah. it's like I was I was Dracula when I was five. So and my grandmother's the one that told us to watch Salem's Lab because she had watched part one. And she told us the night that part two aired. She said, oh, I watched this movie, this part last week, and it really scared me. You and Ben should watch it. And so my mom and I watched it not knowing what we were getting into. <laughs> and. and so I always say that my grandmother is the one that got me into horror movies yeah. because my mom and my grandfather couldn't stand it, but my grandmother would watch them. That's, so, that's but funny. yeah, I did monsters. That kind of that was a long, long-winded answer. But nah, yeah, I that's okay. Did like monsters. I was already into them, and I was always sort of fascinated by them, especially like the jack o' lanterns was probably my first thing that I remember being drawn to as a kid. Nice. So you it started. 
pretty pretty early do you feel like like do you were you like this um, were immediately hooked with the whole like kind of genre or did it just did it take a little bit of time for you to kind of you know to to really like it really enjoy it you know because i know with me like i remember seeing a few when i was younger and it did a little bit of damage to me and then it took a little time for me to come back to it and then once I did, it was all over. It was, you know, I never, I never looked back, but like, I remember seeing, you know, the original Halloween, uh, one yeah. night when we were being babysat and, and I thought, oh, I God. thought someone was underneath the bed the entire night. I didn't sleep at all. And I just, you know, little things like that. I, I remember. And so it took me a little bit to come back to it. You know, was it immediate and was it just like nonstop ever since, or did it, you know? I remember, so I can remember a few things. So Salem's Lot scarred me for a few years, but the whole thing was that like the beginning of the next year, The Shining came out. Mm -hmm. So I remember that that television commercial, it was the scene in The Shining where Nicholson is sort of after the incident with Holleran, he kind of comes into camera frame, you know, and I remember that was part of the commercial. And every time that would, air that commercial would come i would dive behind my mom's couch because <laughs> i see jack nicholson for years i was terrified of jack nicholson yeah so i and um you know uh the other thing i remember is like i said i but i still was fascinated by monsters and i think a lot of it had to do with like i love scooby-doo i love yes. those yeah. films um, and I was fast. My favorite uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon is called Hide and Hair with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, so, I remember that one. Yeah. Loved, and I loved him changing into the green monster. And <laughs> yeah, nice. I was fascinated by that stuff even after Salem's Lot. So, but then I got into harder stuff. Like I, st- my, I remember going to see The Fun House, mm-hmm. another Toby Cooper film. Oh, that's, that's one of Morris's favorites. Yeah. In the theater. I saw that in the theater. I remember the poster with the mouth. And I remember seeing that in my friend Tori and my mom and his mom. And I think it was my friend Tori's sister. We all went to see it at some theater in Oakland. And I remember seeing that and being terrified by Gunther, the character that Wayne Dobo played. Mm -hmm. Um, That terrified me. And the same year, my dad took me to see American Werewolf in London. And I was seven. And uh, so I was set. Yeah, I would have been seven at the time. Oh, my God. I still remember that terrified me to my core especially the werewolf design and i just sleeping in my bed that night at my dad's house and i remember i got there and i just i had i had a water bed because this was 1981 but i remember i was staring up at the ceiling because i wouldn't look at the doorway to my bedroom um because i was scared that if i made if i looked down i was going to see the werewolf i just remember (laughs) the whole time and I think my dad said I could stay in his room, but that movie, and he kept saying, and the whole time I remember I had my hand over my face through most of it. And my dad's like, you wanted to watch this <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. again, seven. <laughs> it's like, uh, cause it came out in August of, of 1981. So yeah, but I, the, so I think that that's what kind of eased me into it. And by the time I really got comfortable with revisiting Salem's lot, it was the following year, and then Creepshow also came out oh, that year. Yeah. Oh. That was because we're hitting the 40th anniversary of that in November. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think, at that point. Then I got a balance for it. It's like then, then it was kind of like there was, there was. I was always curious, but yeah. I've always yeah. been more drawn to like. There's some horror films out there to this day that I don't care to watch because I've always been more fascinated by the monsters instead mm-hmm. of like the tortures that people will do to each other. Yeah. So 
Yes. I mean, when you get into Friday the 13th and Michael Myers on Halloween and stuff like that, again, they're fictitious. They're monsters. They're, they're, they're characters that have survived impossible executions and come back. So for me, those were always, even though they're te- technically, at least for the first four, Friday, well, three Friday the 13th, uh, Jason was a person. Right. And then he became or whatever you want to call him but for the most part it was always there was a fantasy element to it and i think that's why as much as it scared me i could always say well that's not real yep yep uh, you yeah. get into some stuff that has become more popular in the last 20 years um there's things that i think just push the envelope too much for me but i've always been more interested in like the monsters like the the werewolves the vampires mm-hmm. the you know the the mass killers that are impossible to kill those are the ones that that draw me the most yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. I'm like that as well. I do I am a huge fan of, of ghost stories and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and that that always been one of my favorites. I just love I love that kind of subgenres is the ghost mm-hmm. stuff always just creeps me out. Like, you know, and I always I always enjoy like a new way for them to kind of get me. Even though I know yeah. I know something's coming. It's you know, and they still find a way to scare me. And that's what I love about it, you know. Um yeah, yeah. But uh, let's see. How about this one? As a kid, did you ever say Bloody Mary in front of a mirror? (laughs) I never did. did. And to this day, I will never say Candyman. (laughs) I will never never say things like that that I'm. And it's funny. My wife always talks about that and the Bloody Mary thing. And I said, yeah, I've never. No. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it was just it wasn't something I grew up with or I just wasn't a, I don't know it was something that I kind of knew about as I got older but as a kid yeah. no I didn't. I remember um I remember standing in this was at my grandparents house and I remember like I think my cousins were there and and I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. We're just going to do it. And we go into this bathroom. I think it was upstairs and we went to do it and the lights were off and I chickened out. I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I I remember doing that with uh, at school with kids and uh, this is grade school, probably anywhere from like 76, 77, 78. We used to go into the bathroom and do that as as little kids. And, you know, there'd be probably like 10 of us and we were all looking at the mirror going, you know, bloody Mary, bloody Mary. And then someone turn off the lights and then we're all screaming, running out of the, out of the bathroom. And then the hall monitor, you know, the, Oh, yeah. it's, it's usually like a, uh, you know, a, a lady that's uh, a mother that's that's doing a, you know, that's donating her time. Doing oh, like that. a volunteer, like a volunteer. Something. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're they're like, what are you kids doing? You know, knock it off. <laughs> Yelling yeah. at us. And we're doing and we do it at different times of the, you know, maybe we'll do it like a few weeks later. You know, the same thing, you know, and going out screaming because we're afraid yeah, that, you know, I never Bloody could, Mary was going to come I never could finish it. Was it three times or five times? For Bloody Mary, it was three times. It was three times, oh, but Candyman like was five. Five. <laughs> five. Yeah, I always forget that. Yeah, yeah. That's, five. that's so funny. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> how about this? Would you, would, you, uh, would you ever buy a doll that you knew was haunted? No. <laughs> I agree with you a million percent. <laughs> Me too. No, no way I'm doing that. Uh-uh. No, it's funny. One time we were cleaning out my, I think it was um, a storage unit. And my wife had these, it was like dolls that she was given when she was a kid. And I was looking at them. I'm like, these are more terrifying than anything that I've seen that I buy. 
it was just these weird baby dolls with these twisted looking faces and i'm like how did this provide you <laughs> these things are hideous <laughs> like we're gonna put these on set these on fire these are scary stuff <laughs> but yeah those are the things those things i'm like no i yeah they can stay out of my house because i don't want something it's like you know something like that in my home no way man those those older dolls, uh, those old, older yeah. dolls like the ceramic yeah. one my mom has some of the ceramic ones i think they're ceramic <laughs> or you know and um they're creepy mm-hmm. and they always put those in in horror movies oh, yeah. weren't they yeah. in morris weren't they in um the the the, the incident in the ghost land wasn't the whole house riddled with those oh yeah absolutely i've only seen the movie once but that movie really got me yes that one that one got me too uh but they have those dolls everywhere and then they try to make the women look like the dolls i just yeah yeah, no dolls are just creepy no way i'm buying anything haunted i just you know the thing is it's like i know i know most of these movies we watch the stuff isn't real i know it is i know it's not but yeah but I'm like, I'm not taking a chance. It ain't happening. I'm, if I know this thing is haunted and someone says it's haunted, yeah, I'm not buying that. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you know, so how about this, Ben? How about, uh, do you remember what was the worst nightmare you ever had as a child or an adult? Like anything that, it could be a reoccurring uh, dream or something that just, you had it and it just, it never left you. Um, the one I remember, and it's actually funny. I tried to write a story about this at one time because I did take screenwriting and I was trying to come up with a way to tell the story. And maybe one day I will. I'm actually trying to write something now regarding Salem's Lot and just my experiences with that film. But what I remember this one dream, I used to have this toy box and I, it had like a, um, had a train on it and it, had, it was orange and yellow. And in fact, my mom still has it in the garage or in the house I'm at right now. But it's like, I remember it had like uh, like a train on it. And I remember, I don't know how, um, I think one time we had gone to Arizona and I'd seen like, you know, like in uh, Creepshow 2, Old Chief Woodenhead, I'd oh, seen yeah. like a Indian, one of those giant Indians outside of a, like a, you know, like a general store or something. So I had this dream and in my old apartment, there was a, so you would walk in and my bedroom was right to the right immediately. And it was kind of like a room that was probably an office because this was a condo that was built in like the 60s. So it was like a small little office that had a sliding door and a bedroom door. And if you slid the door open, my bed was all the way to the wall. And in this dream, it was like my mom had fallen. I was I was pretty young. I think I probably was, again, four or five when I had this nightmare because um, I was... I think I was four when we had gone to Arizona. So I hadn't been about five years old. So I um, dreamt that I woke up, got out of bed, and I was standing in the hallway between the door, the sliding door, and the kitchen. And the toy box was somehow in that hallway with me. And that cigar store Indian jumped out of it and grabbed <laughs> Oh, my God. And threw me over his shoulder. And there was almost like stairs in it. So there was stairs in the toy box. Oh, no. Fucking me down the stairs into this Blake, this blackness. And yeah. I'm yelling, hitting him and trying to wake my mom up. And no one's coming for me. And then I would wake up. Oh, that's the one damn. I'll never forget. That would, that's creepy, man. You got to get that as a story. You got to write that oh, down. Totally. You try because it's that. That's like the payoff to the story. So I'm like, what do you do to build it up to that? So that's what I would always run into. Yeah. But I thought about doing a story called the Toy Box or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's like you know, and that sounds dirty. So I'm like, what? Okay, it's like, <laughs> what, what can I do? 
The other nightmare I had was the night I saw Salem's Lot, and I dreamt that I was in the root cellar with the vampires. I woke up, I was laying on the ground by Barlow's casket, and the other vampires that are trying to come out of the root cellar at the end of the movie were Uh. coming towards me and grabbing me. And I just remember that that one. Those are the two dreams, the two nightmares that I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate those. I there's a I have a few reoccurring ones that just just peri- periodically I will have them and and they just they mess with me and I just I and I know it's like it's some like underlining thing that happened to me when I was younger mm-hmm. or whatever it is and I just you know and it, it could be months it could be years and and all of a sudden I have it again and I just I don't uh, and yeah. it messes with me and I think we all have oh, something like that. Dude, yeah. I have my my reoccurring mm-hmm. nightmare is uh, it's it, it's apocalyptic. I'm alone. There's no survivors, or I'm looking mm-hmm. for survivors. It's desolate, empty streets, but it's my old neighborhood in South City, South San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and each, each street is just empty. There's no cars. It's just houses, no, no visible anybody, but there's like random faceless zombies or faceless people that are after me. And I'm like, like sneaking through yards and, and hiding uh, behind um, fences and, and going into garages and going up in attics. And they're like coming into the house and looking for me. But they have like no face. There's no oh. eyes, nose, or mouth. It, and and I remember being terrified by Westworld when I was a kid. Oh yeah, you know, with yeah. the Yule Brenner. Oh and even yeah. oh yeah, totally. And then even uh, you know the Six Million Dollar Man. You know the Steve Austin and the the one Major, Andro- yeah. the Android with the <laughs> removable face. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So anything with uh, yeah removing of the face that that always terrified me. I think I brought it into my nightmares. <laughs> Yeah, he did. You have that re- it's reoccurring for Dude, you? I, and I'll have it once a year. Oh man. Wow. It just it hits <clears throat> me every once in a while and even though I'm old man now it's like it just it's just uh it's crazy that, yeah. that it, it it it'll and it they the nightmare is so real. I feel like I'm in that world that where we're existing now doesn't exist. It's not and then when I wake up, I'm so relieved that it was just a yeah, nightmare. Yeah, but I'll, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll skip a year. But yeah, it, it, it's oh, happened man. ever since I was. Probably, it always, that's pretty crazy. It comes back every yeah. so often. Yeah, um, and yeah. I know it's it, it's got a you know something's telling me that you know something's after it, me. It, the, the one <laughs> I have, and I think I mentioned this before, and I won't. I'm not going to bore anyone, but it's it's just, and I no. and I'm pretty positive it it has to do with the fact that I blew off this class in high school. But I, I have this this several times a year that I'm in high school. I can't remember my locker combination, so I can't get any of my books. There's a class that I've literally skipped every single day the entire year, uh-huh. but then I have to show up to take the final. Well, I've never mm. been at school. I haven't been in this class all year. I've literally blown it off. Or have a term paper you have to turn in. Not, that, yeah, not a term paper. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and I know, I, and I have it all the time, and it could be like a, a different variation of it, but it's always, I can I cannot figure out my locker combination, so I, don't, I can't get any of my books. <laughs> I go to this class, and I feel like I'm spoiled supposed to just know everything that's happened through the semester or through the whole school year and i am like and then i wake up and i'm like oh my god and i know it's because in in 
It's my sophomore year. I blew off this presentation. I blew it off and to go camping. And I know it's haunting me. And it just, and I've had it ever since. And that's been what, I maybe 16 or 17. So it's been, you know, 30 odd years. And I have it all that I have it several times a year. And I get, yeah. And it's just like, and it just will not, I'm like, I should have just went and did a stupid presentation. And this wouldn't be haunting me forever. <laughs> So, yeah. But uh, anyways, last question, man. Uh, In your opinion, what do you believe is the worst way to die? Worst way to die? Yeah. Um, I think (laughs) I'm terrified of the ocean and I'm Mm. terrified of sharks. Mm. Um, I I think Jaws scarred me Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't, I refuse to go in the ocean. And so I think being eaten by a shark is probably the most terrifying and worst way to die, in my opinion, because like you couldn't catch me dead in the ocean. It's like I just yeah. I, I I don't even like to swim. Like if it's not a pool, I'm not going. It's like it's just one of those things. You don't know what's under the water. I think that's more <laughs> scary than anything. So it's like I'm. Yeah. So that's I'm going to stick with that being eaten by a shark. Yeah, that's uh, dude. It's so funny, Ben, that you say this because I've had this conversation with I don't know how many different friends and family members. I I don't like going in the water. I don't like going underneath the water. And mm-hmm. I and I know is two things. I know Jaws did total damage to me and then um i don't know the only thing i can think of is i was roughhousing with a, a someone back when i was in like my teens and they dunked me under the water and and i thought i was gonna oh. drown and to this day i don't like going in the ocean i don't like i don't even care if it's a lake i don't care if it's a pond and you know i i, I always worry about what's underneath that can get me mm-hmm. and and i was i think it's a I, I think for me sharks scare the crap out of me for sure i think it's the idea of drowning for me it's like i uh, it just scares me. It's just that helplessness that, you know, there's nothing you can do about it, you know? Yeah. You know, what about you, Morris? Anything? Suffocating. Suffocating, yeah. Like either being drowning and being aware that I'm drowning or being buried alive or being burned to death. Oh, God. Those those are the three that that ring true to me that that are absolutely terrifying ways to die. Yeah. Yeah. Burning. Yeah, burning to death. I mean, always for some reason, I always... It always makes me sad when Paul Walker passed away. And oh yeah, a yeah. horrible car crash. And but they said that he was he burned to death pretty much from the accident. And I just always remember that bothers me so much still. And it's been I mean he died in 2013, so it's like but still to this day that just that idea. Oh, yeah. And he was such a nice guy from yeah. what I heard. That's what I heard too. Yeah, that, I know. Terrible, terrible person. That breaks breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, will you survive the questions, man? I told you they weren't too hard. <laughs> yeah, I hope I answered them. Okay, I know I got a little no, long. No, no, I, no, definitely. I love that. The, the reason for them is to kind of get the you know the idea of uh, you know uh, of what you like and and why you like it and and you know how you're wired and that's perfect. So. So, you know, there's no such thing as long-winded. Yeah. We go down rabbit holes on this podcast. Oh, totally so if do. you okay. feel free to go down any rabbit hole you want, uh, we will entertain it. <laughs> well, I, I knew Ben and I were aligned the fact that he loved Creature Features because I grew up with, you know, Bob Wilkins and Creature Features. And my yeah. first film was from Creature Features, staying up late with my sister and my mom after my dad went to his graveyard shift. And, uh, yeah, very first movie was Night of the Living Dead. And it, oh, and yep. it was either Great. 73 or 74, which put me either at four or five. So oh, my I was, God. Yeah. But 
I think I was well, wired from the get go to, to be. I, a, a I know. I, I think you were. I think you were. Yeah. Uh, there's some people like me. I think that took a little bit, and you know. Um, but no, you absolutely. I have no doubt. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, so all right. Well, I guess uh, that's that's that. Let's uh, talk. Uh, let's talk our top five from 1980. I'm. I am curious. I have a feeling. That we're going to have some duplicates, which is perfectly yeah. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll start. We'll start. I guess I'll start it off. Um, I'll, you know, and I'll go from five down to one. Are we doing some honorable mentions? First? We'll do some honorable. I I can do my honorable mentions okay. if you guys have a couple. What we'll do is we'll go. I'll go my fifth one, and then uh, Morris, you can go your fifth, and then Ben, you can go your fifth, and then we'll talk a little bit. Of, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it okay. and. And um, and then we'll go four. But I, I'll tell you my two. My two. I only did two honorable mentions. Now we could have done more for sure. But I yeah. figure like we didn't want to go more than two. Uh, Motel Hell and Terror Train was my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. And 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 I will tell you a quick quick story on Motel Hell. My mom, my mom for some reason took me to the drive-in to see Motel Hell. And I would have been, let's see, I was born in, what, 71? So that would have made me maybe eight, I think, at yeah. the time. Yeah. And I remember that scaring the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know a lot a lot of people don't care for Motel Hell. It's more of kind of like a cult, a cult movie. Um, but but that one always kind of resonated with me. Wait, uh, isn't Motel Hell 80? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Never mind. Yeah, yeah that's all. Yeah, what did you think we were doing? No, I, I thought you said seventy-eight. Oh my god! No, I I'm was born a... in I was born in seventy-one. No, okay, I heard seventy. And oh my then god, so my, my brain and Sorry, my, of course no. my birthday is until later in the year. So I think I would have been about eight. Yeah, and I remember us at the drive-in and probably the back of like I don't know, freak. you know. And so, and then Terror Train, I don't have like a big story. It's just look, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. and you know. Um, <laughs> You know, oh my so, God. so any, um, uh, do you guys want to, you want, you want to do your honorable mentions? Yeah, before? dude, I, I have way too many. Well, do two. I'll do two. Let's see. Uh, God, let's see. Uh, probably prom night. I love prom yeah. night. Uh, even though I know it's, it's boring in parts. There's, there's definitely some boring parts. Uh, I love alligator. Uh, city living dead or, or, uh, oh, the gates of hell. Gates of hell. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, I could go on and on, say the fog or or you know fade to black. Wow! So the fog didn't make your top it didn't, five. It didn't. I am actually super surprised. Are right you? Now. I am. Yeah. I am. That's funny. I, I would. I would think the fog would absolutely make it, but that's okay. Now I'm curious. Uh, like, fade uh, to black's another like one. Yeah. Likes. What was that, Ben? I said I like when people have different ones. Yes, they, for sure. Yeah. Any, any, hey, Ben, any honorable mentions? Maybe a couple honorable mentions that didn't yeah, make your top Hotel five? Hill is one for me. And again, it's not a movie I've seen a ton of. I actually just found it on, I found the Scream Factory release at Walmart of all places, nice. right in April. I just haven't revisited it, but I always liked it in the iconic, you know, the pig head and the yeah. chainsaw. The fact that uh, her name was Nancy Parsons, I, she was in the Porky's movies, and I just remember yeah, her. Yes. She was ball bricker, and I remember her oh. from those. And, for seeing her i'm like oh i know who that is and then you know it's it, i it's just such a it's such a different weird movie but i just i always have been fascinated by i guess because i love psycho so much yeah and yeah vacancy is another movie that i like and it's like anything yep. with like a weird kind of isolated motel and yeah you for know, sure some weird things going on um the other one for me is the changeling with uh 
uh, George C. Scott. Oh man, yeah. So that didn't make your top five. This is <laughs> this is so cool because Changeling. I'll tell you right off the bat is one of my all time favorite horror movies, and uh-huh. so I just yeah, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. But yeah, no, it's yeah. Just to give a little caveat to some of these, like for me. Um, 1980 i was still really young um because i was about so i I turned six so there's three of the movies that i'm going to talk about that i have pretty much they're they're um they're they're just perfect to me and they're in my top five but a lot of the stuff from 1980 was more obscure that i'm kind of discovering now um and then in 1981 1982 that's when i really started getting into the horror more so then i had to talk about so with the 1980 ones when i was going through and going okay i know these movies were shot were came out in 1980 and then there was some other ones going okay i haven't seen that one that many times so maybe i've seen it once or twice so like with motel hell i've seen like twice i've seen the changeling only once yeah. so again it's one of those ones where but i love them but yeah, i still yeah. can't put them in my top five because they're ones that i haven't revisited as much as the other yeah, ones. i get it i get yeah. it i get it yeah yeah, yeah yeah rick and i always talk about the the golden year for the slasher movie which was 90 1981 so uh, oh god yeah yeah that's yeah. The, that's the most uh and the best of the slashers <laughs> yeah 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 um one eighty two are great years yeah hi yeah yeah uh, definitely i mean yeah for me yeah the, the up to like i don't know i'd say maybe 84 six for me and then they started and it was like uh eh, you know yeah. so it's like they just had a great run of just horror movies as a whole yeah. you know and, yeah. and, and being you know being at that age in around that time then you know some of them again they just they mean more to me i think you know um so <clears throat> all right so with further without further ado let's go i'll go with <laughs> my number five and i wonder if morris even knows if this is going to be my number five but it's a mother's day i knew it Mother's Day is number. It it was tough for me because, again, you know, I, but, and, you know, I I was thinking about this. Um, You know, I I did the honorable mentions with Motel Hill and Terror Train, and I like those two, but Mother's Mm -hmm. Day is a movie I've watched more than those. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not like this this well-made movie i know it's not but i think that's the charm for me right it's you know directed by charles kaufman of course is the brother of lloyd kaufman uh and uh who co-founder of trauma and Mm -hmm. uh it's just um i think i just love the idea of these these three women you know these three friends you know doing this kind of yearly trip for them and then and then all hell breaking loose with these you know these backwoods you know brothers and and then then trying to figure out how to get away or you know and and so it has it has to me it has like some some cheesy campiness to it but at the same time i think there's elements that are just well made in the movie yeah i think uh for, for that movie, it, it's kind of a blending of, you know, it obviously has like a trauma feel to it, but, it does, but at the same yeah. time, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a woman's version of, uh, uh, the deliverance with a little bit of sprinkling of like, yeah. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A little bit. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, so that's, yeah. you know, I, again, we're not going to go way in each yeah. one, but, but that was, <laughs> that one was the hardest of my five. The other four were pretty easy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Morris, uh, what's your number five? Hold on. Let's, let's do a little drum. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so my number five is a movie that I rented in 81. So it, it had already been out for a year and rented at the local mom and pa store that was also slash a like a radio shack 
you know, oh, they, they, yes. they, they had a I radio shack. Those, yep. and, and I want to say it was in Millbrae. Yeah, I think it was in Millbrae or Burlingame because uh, I lived in South San Francisco. So, oh. um, and, and, you know, back then, man, they, they had like maybe 50 movies on a wall and, you know, mm-hmm. 10 of those were horror movies. Yeah. You know, Phantasm oh, yeah. was one of them. Oh, yeah. uh, Tourist Trap was another. Uh, Maniac, I think, was another. And anyway, so this movie was in just like the Salem's Lot, the big, you know, Warner Brothers clamshell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, the Barbara Peters, uh, um, uh, uh, Roger Corman produced uh, ah. Humanoids from the Deep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Humanoids, yep, yep. Uh, I love the movie. Uh, it's so uh, cheesy. They try to play it straight, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it's all freaking cheesy. It has that charm that I loved uh, watching, like, because I saw, you know, the horror at Party Beach on Creature Features, and and it, it's got those, you know, cheesy costumes, but they kind of are effective at the same time. You know, they're fish man. And you know my favorite uh, Universal mm-hmm. Monster is a Creature from the Black oh, Lagoon. Yeah. So, um, I just, I just, I, I love it. It's, it's yeah. cheesy. It's bloody. It's, it's sleazy. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, you know, the story, and the story's not bad. But yeah, I, that's you know. One yeah, of my yeah. I, I, you know, what's funny is I watched that recently, and yeah, I, I'm not surprised that is in your top five. I'm not just because how much I know you. I, mm-hmm. you know, and I was that was almost going to make one of my honorable mentions, but I was like, well, you know, I didn't. I don't think I liked it as much as the other ones, and so yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all. And I've probably seen it uh, if I had to guess at least. 20 25 times in my life so you know it's it's one that i've seen a lot so it had to be in the top five yeah yeah what about you ben what do you got for us uh mine is one that i kind of um it's one i saw pieces of when i was younger um but i really got into it recently and some friends of mine did a uh i don't know if you guys listen to forever midnight but they just covered it on their podcast um it's alligator Oh nice. yeah, yeah, alligator. Yeah, uh, the Louis Teague, who I'm a big fan of from Cujo. Oh, um, yeah. I think fantastic film, and also it starred one of my favorite actors who passed away a few years ago, Robert Forrester. So that one, and, and I just love the. I, it, it's such a. It's it's funny. It's it's a very. Um, it's a film that you know the subject matter, if handled by the wrong people, could have really come across bad Mm -hmm. but i think it was handled with a lot of respect and again it's a creature movie something that's eating people and yeah like the whole you know baby alligator that's in the sewer and you know it's 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 living off of dogs injected with hormones i mean it's (laughs) that's what it becomes this giant beast and i don't know i just really thought it was fun and gory and uh it's just another one of those like creature movies that i really got into and i just recently bought the the scream factory <laughs> release of it and uh a lot of fun watching it again but like i said i've seen pieces of it over the years and revisited it just recently and and i just had a lot of fun watching it yeah and yeah it's so awesome. i just went back to again liking jaws and movies like that it just you yeah. know it's just Jaws, but it's not one that just sort of played off of that. I felt like it actually a, a good. It wasn't trying to mimic exactly what Jaws did, and I just think it works. And it was creepy, and I don't like anything that's eating people. So that's that's <laughs> like, yeah. What yeah. Got, 
but yeah, so alligator is number number five. five. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I saw your uh, post on Instagram. For, yeah, I saw that you just bought that. I was like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I, I wonder, because I knew Alligator came out in 1980. I'm like, I have a feeling this going to be in his top five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably just gave something away. Or, nah, that's I, okay. No. New York never owned. So it's like I finally bought that too on 4K. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, all right, so number four, I guess I'll go. Just You want me to go four? Yeah. All yeah. right. So The Fog. John nice. Carpenter's The Fog. I mean, yeah. first of all, everyone who listens knows that I'm uh, he's my favorite director and so this was I mean, this was a no-brainer for me. Yeah. I just uh, I just love it. I mean, it's I, to me it's vintage John Carpenter. Oh, absolutely. Uh Tom Atkins, <laughs> come on, Jamie Lee Curtis, Adrian Barbeau, I mean, everything oh, yeah, Hal, yes, Hal Holbrook. I mean, this is um, this is just a. I just love this idea of of these, in a sense, kind of like uh, these ghosts. I'm going to say pirates, but you know, yeah. coming back to this town a hundred years <laughs> later, and you know, you kind of screwed us, and now we're going to make you pay. And and yeah. and it's not everybody, of course. It's select, you know, select, select people. Yeah. But just the idea of this, and, and what creeps me out to this day is anytime I'm in fog, it's mm-hmm. the first thing that I go to. Yeah, and I start, and then I, and if I'm in the car with, like, say, one of my kids, I'm like, hey, what is that? I, I'm like, we shouldn't be in the fog. There's something in the fog, <laughs> and I, you know, and I play on that. It is just, you know, and it's just, it's just a fun movie. It's, you know, the, the music, of course, because it's John Carpenter, oh, and dude, it has great. Music. Yeah, I mean, the soundtrack is phenomenal. And dude, like I said, I mean, the only thing that I ever thought was a little weird was the relationship between Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Atkins. Yeah, I just felt like he was substantially older, and it just kind of creeped me out a little bit. Like he was pushing <laughs> fifty, and she was just. You know, barely, yeah. barely twenty. Yeah, and it was just like <laughs> yeah. it was, that was the only thing. If there's anything, but I mean, just just everything about it is just it's awesome. <laughs> you're my daughter. You're my daughter. <laughs> oh my god! Right, Joe Dirt. Um, yeah. So that. So yeah. So so that was pretty easy for me. The yeah. the fog in my top five was a no brainer. Um, Dude, this uh, atmosphere. I mean, the oh, atmosphere. Man. Everything is just, about it. So too. great. I have a history with the fog to where it it is one of my favorite movies. It didn't make my top five, but it would definitely be in my top ten. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was my yeah, and it was honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, yeah, so I, oh, you know it's funny. I'm gonna a little inject with something. Yeah. I know you did an episode with uh, Darren on the Creep Show. Yes, and yes. and the uh, the something that tied you over that that yes, it always uh, being that I've seen the Fog first, and then when I saw Creep Show because I snuck into that movie, uh, <laughs> we bought tickets to go see the Last Unicorn. Me and my friends. Oh my god! And then we snuck in to go see Creep Show because it was rated R. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, that little portion of that uh, of of the you know anthology always reminded me of the Fog, especially the you know of course the end. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I, I love that. Anyway, I'm. Uh, so me, number yeah, four? Yeah, you're number uh, four. Yeah. Okay, let's see. My number four would be uh, Sean S. Cunningham's Friday the 13th. Wow, number four. Yeah. Wow, I, okay. Yeah, I, uh, it, it honestly, it's uh, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th 2, and, and Friday the 13th Part 4, my favorite Friday the 13th. Um, it is not my fra- favorite Friday the 13th movie. It would have to be, you know, third on the list of my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movies. But it is, um, it is 
you know, definitely one of you know my number four of 1980. Uh, I love the atmosphere. Oh yeah, I love the fact that it captures, even though it's not a camp atmosphere, it's a woods atmosphere. And I love mm-hmm. the fact when the storm comes in, and and even though like flashing lights, you know. I, from you know Kevin Bacon's eyes, and they had the rain come in. I love the uh-huh. sound of the loons, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially that area in New Jersey, New York. Yeah. You know, we don't yeah. have that here in California. But mm-hmm. I, I, whenever I hear loons in a movie, like uh, children shouldn't play with dead things, mm-hmm. you know, the sound of those birds, it's always creepy to me, especially in a wooded, sedded area. And uh, I love the atmosphere of Friday the 13th. And when I saw the commercial, just like you, Ben, when I saw that commercial back in, I think, 1980, you know, they did the, yeah. you know, the the one, two, you know, and they oh. showed little <laughs> scenes, three, four, you know, they did that. And it was up to 13, yeah. I, I, I saw that on TV. I'm like, fuck, I'll never watch that movie. That looks scary as fuck. <laughs> I'll never see that. That that looks too intense. There's a killer in the woods that's going to kill you. And how are they going to kill you? You know, my little, you know, 10-year-old brain couldn't, you know, wrap my head around that or 11. <laughs> you know, I probably was 10 at the time because I wasn't 11 yet. But, yeah, that just that creeped me out. Oh, my God, wow. yeah, Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm just surprised it's not further up your mm-hmm. list. No. Huh. All right. All right, Ben, what about your number four? Uh, four for me is one that was already touched on, uh, the humanoids from the deep. Ah, uh, nice. Four for nice. me. And I, I, th- I think for that one, I, I, that one is just, I had heard about it again. I saw this one pretty, I knew about it and I'd seen clips from it, but never really watched it. And then I watched it a couple of years ago when the pandemic first happened, I remember watching it and I was just like, wow. And the fact that Vic Morrow, you know, of course, you know, who yeah. would pass. Way tragically on the Twilight Zone oh, movie, yeah. um, yes. in it, and um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his uh, his daughter uh, Jennifer Jason oh, Leigh. Yeah. So oh, I, I wanted to see this because it was just like it just seemed like a. I knew that he had had issues in his later career, and Twilight Zone was like the movie that was supposed to kind of put him back on the the map and everything. And right. I was just curious to see him in this role and just the. You know, I mean, of course, it wasn't directed, you know, um, you know, by uh, Corman, but, you know, he produced it and it had Corman all over it. Oh, in terms oh of yeah. Some of the over the top, you know, situations and the gore. And uh, again, they, they were creepy and just what was going on and the violations that were going on. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, wow, this is this is crazy that this movie came out in 1980. <laughs> and I think it was just, you know, cause I would, this wouldn't be made now. I mean, no, like, this no is, way. You go back and go, wow, they got away with this one. And I just, I was really just fascinated by it. And it just really, it's one I've tried to buy, but it's like impossible to find. Oh. Um, but uh, it's, it's one that just, it was a creature feature movie that just pushed things a little further. And it just, it was so well done and so creepy. And uh, like I said, I just loved a lot of elements that uh, were already touched upon in terms of this one. But yeah, that's, that's one's going to, and I love that it was directed, co-directed by a woman. So I think exactly. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, no, I really liked it and I just had a lot of fun with it. And it's one that I would like to own one day if I can ever find it. Cause nice. I think the screen release is completely can't find it. It's sold out or is completely it? a print. Yeah. Because they put out a steel book of it, and I always regretted not getting the steel book. And I tried to find it, and it was going for like hundreds of dollars. So I'm like, okay. oh, of course, yeah, they, they, yeah, these people buy them up, and then they want to sell them for some ridiculous oh, yeah. price. I, 
with the Halloween Kills steelbook that came out at Best Buy this past year, and they were going for like two hundred dollars the day they were supposed to come out because everybody oh just my pre- God. I'm like going, I'm not paying two hundred dollars for. I like the movie, but I'm like, I'll just go buy it for twenty four dollars and just the heck with the steelbook. <laughs> exactly, it pisses yeah. me off when people do that. Yeah, I, I was just telling Rick that. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, please. I was I was just telling Rick that um, that uh, Fright Night just became a, a, a pre order yeah. at Best Buy, yeah. and uh, I was I was waiting a couple days until payday to to pull the trigger on that pre order, and it's already mm-hmm. sold out, and it doesn't come out until October. Yeah, it's already sold out. It's already oh. sold out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so. If I would have known that, I would have. I would have got you one. I'm sorry because I pre-ordered mine too. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Same situation. <laughs> well, man, if I uh, if I come across a humanoids from the deep, I will. Uh, I, I'll I'll snag it for you at a good price. Well, just like I'll pay you for it for sure. Okay. Uh, just like I just uh, it's it's one that I the the steel book was beautiful. The art on it was amazing. I don't yeah. know. I can't call the artist, but I just remember really being. I said, "Oh, that's a nice release." And I looked at it like, "And uh, no, I'm not going to spend that." <laughs> yeah, right. I know it's it's tough. Like it's it. tough for me. Like I, you yeah. know, I I I I won't spend too much on a movie. It's like I, you know, it doesn't mean I don't love them or stuff. And you know, it's just to me, I'm like, I don't love it that much to spend a hundred or two hundred for that. I just I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, but again, I, I know, you know, you guys are probably more true collectors than I am when it comes to that. And mm-hmm. so I get it. You know, yeah. I totally get it. You know, oh, my wife, it drives her nuts because she's like, how many co- she if you saw how many copies of Friday the 13th franchise that I have <laughs> every box set they put out, I got and yeah. every re-release it i get it same thing with like halloween and she's like how many copies of these do you yeah, have that's morris too yeah for, for the first halloween I, I probably have maybe 20 25 different oh, copies on. i'm like probably the 13th <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah that's hilarious Everywhere yeah from the vhs to i don't have any laser discs but yeah vhs dvd yeah. blu-ray I got salem's lap i spent 80 dollars to get it so i was yeah. like yeah <laughs> that was a commitment. That's cr- that's crazy. All right. Well, yeah. so number number three, uh, f- number three for me is the changeling. You know, and this I almost moved this to number two because I this honestly is easily one of my top ten of all time horror movies. I it, it's just the, the 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 mood of this movie. George C. Scott, first of all, is, is always phenomenal yeah. in every damn movie yes, he's in. He is. He's always so so good. The the idea of this you know this big kind of you know mansion, and of course that we always know something happens. Something's always haunted. Um, you know the I think that, that for me it was the idea of him losing his his wife yeah. and his daughter at the beginning of the, the film, and and the sorrow and and just he's feeling, and then and then he, you know and he's this pianist and or he, he's like a kind of professor and he teaches and all this other stuff and then he moves into this place and then and then these things are happening he's trying to deal with the grief of losing the two things he loves the most in the world and then then he he almost has this he has to deal with this other element he's like thrown into this yeah like yeah. He, he doesn't even get the time to really mourn and then is thrown into this other tragedy that he has to slowly kind of unravel and solve and and it's just to me it's creepy there's the one scene to this day that still gets me 
is when he goes to throw the ball into the water and he uh-huh. comes back and it starts coming down the stairs and just talking about it right now, Morris, mm-hmm. you can see the hair, oh, the hair on my <laughs> arms are standing up. And no matter how many times I see that movie, it still gets me. That scene. It freaks me out, man. Mm-hmm. And just everything about it. And then the fact that we, as we slowly unravel what's happening and what happened to the, the child, mm-hmm. And then uh-huh. you start to feel, you just feel how horrible it was. You know, the fact that that he was murdered and drowned and then they passed off some other kid, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just one of my favorites. But yeah. Oh, the seance, anything with the seance. Oh, you got me. <laughs> so that's, so that's my number three. And honestly, it could have, I could have moved it to number two or one on it. That this is just, just for me personally, you know, so nice. So what's your number three, Morris? My number three is a bona fide classic, and it is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Wow, three! Yeah. I know. I'm I'm shocked here. First of all, I'm shocked that Friday the Thirteenth was four. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. Yeah. What What can I say that hasn't already been said about The Shining? The The Shining's a masterpiece. Yeah. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a puzzle of a movie because it means so many different things to so many different people. And the fact that Kubrick was a, a craftsman at putting these pieces together and a perfectionist, um, you know, every shot was uh, meticulously planned. Um, and uh, man, it was just a, that's the, the dread from start to finish that that movie has. Um, it gets right into your soul, under your skin, into your soul. Um, but I mean, like I said, what can I say that hasn't already been said? Yeah. But it, the way it affects me is like it's there's a dread that it, there's it's tragedy from the get go from from the opening credits mm-hmm. um, from the, and, and from the, the start of the music. Oh yeah, that music just really sets the tone. It and sets it, the and tone, it, and the yeah. tone never lets up. It's, no, it doesn't. At it's all. it's kind of like like we were talking with uh, Hereditary um, at. Um, mm. Yeah, it, oh. it it just has that from start to finish. You there's that dread that, yeah. that that's lingering throughout the entire <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. So it's always there. But um, yeah, that's my wow. I'm, three. I'm surprised it's number. Th- wow, man, you're you're surprising me right now. All right, so okay. this is good stuff. <laughs> what about you, Ben? What do you got for number three? Uh, three for me is going to go to the original Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I that's my favorite franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite horror franchise and my favorite character is Jason. Um, nice. It was a long time. I think as a kid, I kind of gravitated. I was a big Jason fan. Then Freddy kind of became the rock star of the horror genre. And it was kind of, I, you know, as a kid, you kind of, that was the more popular way to go. But then as I got older, I went back to, to Jason again. So, you know, I, I think the first Friday the 13th for me, I, it's never been my favorite out of all of them. But the thing that I think works about it is the atmosphere. I think the fact that they shot at a real Boy Scout camp. Yeah. Camp Novi Bosco. Um, I think the fact that they really shot at a real camp, the environment is what draws you into that movie. And I also think they have a really good cast. I mean, you know, and uh, I, I think that, you know, it, it, you know, you have Harry Crosby and Kevin Bacon yeah. and, uh, and Adrian King and, and there, there's so many great people in it. Mm-hmm. And 
Betsy Palmer is just so the the I mean she's always going to be iconic because it wasn't it was against the the grain. I know that they there's been lots of conversations with Victor Miller and uh, Sean Cunningham talking about you know they were trying to rip off Halloween, they were trying to find a cash grab, something that they because they were doing children's movies, mm-hmm. they were trying to find something um, that they could do that would make them money to do the projects they really wanted to do, not thinking this was going to become what it became. And uh, it it just, it's, but it's one of those films and I think Palmer's performance is what always draws me back to it. It's just, it's again, it's there's scenes in it. Like you were talking about Rick, the scene in the changeling, the scene where Brenda is in the the cabin and she hears, help me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) to this day and you because and then to find out that that is miss because it really does sound like, sound a, like child. a little kid it does i don't know if that's a really a child and oh, then it was later it was really a child okay yeah <laughs> i'm wondering if it really was but just that voice over here mm-hmm. over here hear that and that's and what would you do in that situation Creepy. you do is that Brenda did and that's and i think that's why it's very human the characters are very human and yeah they're Comments made about, you know, I think, Rick, you said that, you know, as the 80s kind of drew towards like 87, 88. And if you go back and watch those Friday the 13th, as much as I love them because of, you know, just they became gore fests or the over the top stunts that Kane Hodder would do. The terms of the humanizing of the victims, that was gone. It became more of a spectacle. Whereas in the 1980 Friday the 13th, you have real human characters. You have these people that you could relate to like i was that goofball you yeah, know like yeah. that or i was you know you know the guy with the hot girl like you know jack was the kevin bacon character um you know it's like you know i think that that's what i i like about that film the characters the environment and i think palmer's performance and that last jump scare is brilliant it is was something that was kind of oh we're gonna do that at the end you know that was kind yeah. of something or, you know, he said they wanted it to be like they're playing the music, Harry Manfredini's score, and you're it's that beautiful, um, I think it's Sail Away, Tiny Sparrow, and it's like they're playing that music, and you think it's all over. And then that last gotcha at the moment, yeah. at the end, so many films have tried to do that. Even Friday the 13th tried to do it in, in, in the next sequel. Mm-hmm. and But that first one is just so it's so good and so pure and it still works to this day. I still think it's terrifying. And as a kid, that scene freaked me out. And I remember my dad was watching it and he told me, you can't watch this movie. There's a woman that gets her head cut off in it. And I still remember <laughs> see that movie because this was like in 81 or whenever it was, I was little, but I remember it was again, one of those things that when it showed up on cable, he told me about it. So Again, that was a long-winded answer. But no, well, well, see, what's awesome, Ben, is that leads to my number two, which is exactly what you just said, Friday the Thirteenth. That's my <laughs> that's that is my number two, because and I could really, I mean, I'll try to piggyback like the ending, the very ending. It's a happy accident, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like they were like, "What you want us to do? What?" And it was, and then it just became like this thing, and and I just. I, it's it's I, I'm probably going to go to hell, and a lot of people are going to get mad for me saying this. Look, Halloween is is a is a phenomenal movie, and and I've already said how much I love John Carpenter. But if I had to pick between the two to watch mm-hmm. on a regular basis, I would pick Friday the Thirteenth. Halloween, yeah, Halloween <laughs> is 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 become 
for me, it's become kind of the, the franchise as a whole has become kind of boring for me and mm-hmm. kind of just, ugh, I just get it over with. Um, now doesn't yeah. mean that I didn't enjoy some of the movies. Um, cause I did. I see what you're saying. Though. Yeah, but but all day long is Friday the Thirteenth. I I you know sure yeah I mean but how many how many movies were they took that 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 Halloween recipe right? Let's do something on a low budget, you know. Let's do this this and this, and we're gonna make a lot of money. Well, sure you could say Friday the Thirteenth did that. Well, so did how many other slashers and horror movies oh, did yeah. that? I mean, they all did that. Oh, they did. They still do that to this day. They still oh, do yeah. that. It, you know, you may not have that true slasher anymore. But everyone did it, and everyone still does it. It's it's like a thing, right? It's like okay, whatever works, let's do that, and let's make a lot of money in the process. But it doesn't doesn't take away from the fact that the movie's awesome as a whole. Oh yeah, I mean it's still it's a classic for a reason. It's it a great movie, you know. And then, and like you said, Betsy Palmer is phenomenal. Uh, to me, to me, and 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 someone would disagree. I still ha- think it has the best kill ever with Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. You, oh, yeah. I will put that up against any kill in any movie. It's and shocking. You, and and the you very tell first me, time you see it, it's still to this day. And I know how he did it and how it was right. made and all this stuff. It still bothers me. It's hard for me to watch it. Yeah, it, you know, it just it feels so friggin' real, and it's bubbling, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> and it's, and so yeah, I mean, something that Ben was saying about the movie is um, Friday the Thirteenth borrowed a lot from Psycho, the music, and oh, yeah. e- and even the the premise of yeah, you know, one person, you know, kind of assuming the the personality of somebody else. Yeah, yeah, and you know, murdering people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't even touch on the music because yeah. I'm a sucker for great music. Yeah, the score is phenomenal. The score is just phenomenal. I mean, and then the idea of being being out in the woods, like I, I don't even go camping a lot these days because of that. It's like little things that we remember. Water with Jaws, or yeah. you know, you yeah. know, the woods for me. Like I've been camping, but. But I'd, I'd be lying if I said if I didn't go camping right now, in the back of my mind, it's like someone going to get through my tent. What's going to happen here, you know? So, so yeah. So, so number two for me is, is Friday the 13th. Nice. What about you, buddy, Morris? What do you got, man? Well, one that's already been discussed. Yeah. Uh, the Changeling. The Changeling's number two. Number two. Wow. Hey. Yeah. Uh, look, I can't. It was tough for me, dude. I yeah. went back and forth. Like, I could easily put that one or two for me. Yeah. yeah. The Changeling is definitely one that... Uh, and it's funny, too. I didn't watch it back in the 80s. I mm-hmm. I saw this when... Um, I think you had started working at uh, Harmon. At Harmon, yeah. And it was... Um, I had just moved into an apartment from living with um, Cherie, Michelle, mm-hmm. Cindy. Mm-hmm. And I was living by myself in the apartments where I met, you know, Dylan's mom. Oh, yeah. Um, but... I had, um, I want to say, um, yeah, I was alone. It was, it was the little video. I don't know if you remember that little video store that was, um, uh, close to Safeway that was, uh, facing, um, Marconi, but there was a little mom pop video store there. Okay, and I used okay. to go in there and rent stuff that mm-hmm. I never always heard about, but never did see. Mm. And I saw parts of the changeling throughout the years on TV, Yeah, but I never did see, you know the whole movie so i rented it it was storming one night obviously i lived alone uh turned it on probably at like 10 o'clock at night uh watched the whole thing dude it got under my skin and i was afraid to sleep <laughs> with the lights off and dude i i had to have been what 22 23 maybe at the time so um yeah 22 or 23 and 
for me to be that old and that, that afraid of the dark or, yeah. or, or, or being alone. And the fact that it was, I mean, it was storming out there. Uh, I remember getting like a, a pizza and I had like a little, you know, slumber party eating, you know, of, of, of just by myself, just watching the movie. And I, I think I watched some other movies too. There was a, there was another uh, Ron Howard uh, acted um, horror movie from like the seventies that was there too. And I can't think of the name of it right now. But it's it's never been released other than on VHS. But anyway, going to the movie, yeah, the things that happened in that movie, the the, the emptiness, uh, the the fact that you know it, it plays like a like a, a mystery. He's he's figuring things out. But I love the the quietness of the movie, and each scene is is um, framed very. Sh- the shots are very framed rather well. Um, you know, the quietness of him being alone in the house. Yeah. I think that really got under my skin and figuring things out in his, uh, his piano pieces when he's uh, putting things together yeah, and, yeah. and, and just how it plays out. It's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. I could watch that movie two, three times a year. I never get tired of that. I movie. never do either. I, I, and what's funny, it's kind of like a ride of passages for my kids. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, so, so Morris knows, but Ben, I have, I have three kids that they're older though. You know, I got a 31 a 27 and then 17. Really? I do. And, and what I would do is this when I felt they were kind of old enough to watch it, it would be kind of like, okay, let me introduce you to the horror genre. And, you know, and they were all kind of different. I remember, I can't remember if it was Marissa or Andrea. I want to say it was Andrea. We were watching it at the, the old condo that I had mm-hmm. and she would, she would take the, the blanket. We were just kind of chilling on the couch. She was pretty young at the time and, and she would take the blanket and throw it over her head. I don't <laughs> want to see this, but then she'd pull it down because she wanted to see it. And, and yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, the changeling is, yeah, it, it's just as a whole, it's just one of my all time favorites and I just never get tired of it. I could, I could, and anytime I can recommend it to someone who's never seen it, I'm like, what? You haven't seen this here? Borrow this and go watch this. And every single person is like, oh my God. I can't believe I've never seen this before. The seance scene is is so effective. It's I think it's one of probably the the best you know filmed seance scenes and yeah and that I've ever seen. And it was the first movie that I had Lisa watch when we first started dating. Oh, really? I brought it over to her house to <laughs> watch it. There you go, man. Yeah, that's funny. All right, Ben. What about you, man? What's your number two? Uh, I'm gonna go with the fog, John Carpenter. Ah, nice. All right. I, it's a very important film to me, and it's one that. I saw I saw it like probably seven years after it came out. I saw it in '88, and I rented it from so seven eight years after it came out. I saw it, and I rented it from the warehouse. I don't know if you remember. Oh yes. yeah, I remember the warehouse. Oh man, we're yeah. we're dating ourselves here. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just remember my mom saying, "Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this. You like Halloween? You should watch this one." And I was also a big fan of Psycho, and Janet Lee's in it. Yes. And yep. And I always think about the fact that I've actually was able to meet three people from the film. I met Adrian Barbo. I met Janet Lee. I met Tom Atkins. So you met Tom Atkins, you bastard. Yeah. This is the one. uh, uh, 2017 when he was at, it was in Stockton. Oh, nice. Very very nice. That was that, that was a big one. Janet Lee was another big one. I met her in 95. So it was a long time ago. And of course she's been passed on since 2004. So, but uh, for me, the, the fog, the the reason the fog got me is it's again, it's that ghost story. It's, you know, I know they're not pirates. I mistakenly called them pirates one time in a video, (laughs) the lepers. I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's like, so 
I, uh, but I think it's, again, it was, I love the fact that it was shot around here. I mean, it was shot in, in Point Reyes and Point mm-hmm. Reyes State. Mm-hmm. I've been to Point Station. Yeah. So I was, I've gone to the, to the lighthouse and walked down there and everything, which was really cool. Yes. And so, so pretty good trek back up, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. There's a mystique about it. I love uh, everybody in it. Um, I've been to the church where they shot, uh, the scenes at the end. So I was in, uh, I was in uh, Sierra Madre last year, and I went to where the church is. Um, I didn't go inside, but I don't know. There's just something about it uh, that I love the the, the Rob Bottin look for uh, for the Captain Blair. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. that the red eyes, and just the fact that they're always silhouetted in the fog. And I like the whole story of the town that wronged these people, and yeah, must die, and. Um, and I just love the fog effects that they did. Um, everything about that film is creepy. The score is fantastic. I mean, I listened to it when we were driving to Point Race Station, and it just has that, I don't know, that very, it just, it, the things about John Carpenter's score, same thing with Harry Manfredini, is they evoke so much atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, I, it's a film that still to this day, I think the thing that hooked me as a kid was when Adrian Barbo's son, and it is, she, they have the woman watching him and as the pirates or the, the lepers are breaking through the door and she gets pulled out. That always bothered me. I don't know why yeah. she was an old woman and I thought about my grandmother and that scene always really bothers me. And the fact that you never really see the, 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 the ghosts very well, they're yeah. always so and it's just the eyes that you see or the the way that you know and tommy lee wallace was actually one of them which is really crazy yeah yeah Yeah, just like he talked about it in one of the thing with two heads podcasts recently about how they did the effects and how some some parts of the film didn't work so him and john carpenter did some new shots for it of you know kind of close-ups and things like that so i don't know just uh, again going off a little bit on a tangent but i just there's just everything about the film works so then the things that's always fascinating Anything that was shot around where I live has always really been fascinating. Like they filmed a movie here, you know, that's yeah. the thing as a kid. And, but just watching that film from, from the first time I saw it and every time I revisit it, it's just, there's a haunting element to it. And I think it's just that all the factors work, you know, you have the, the fantastic cast, great acting, you know, you have characters that you can get behind. Yes. The relationship with, <laughs> <laughs> with, with Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis. Atkins yeah. And that's great. so small and that is so small it's, for it's me, small, but, but we yeah. just, you know, Tom Atkins is a Mac. I mean, we just have to admit that that's how he yeah. got Stacy. Yeah. And then Halloween three too. So oh, I was yeah. like, yes, exactly. Oh, he, right. He was a Mac. I, I, yeah. Just, he's a, and he's a great guy too in yeah. real life. Oh, it's, uh, sweetheart too so it's like we we got a chance to meet adrian barbeau i did uh morris were you there when i met yeah WonderCon. yeah yeah yeah. i got a chance to meet her sat there and Mm -hmm. talked with her we we talked a little bit about movies we talked a little john carpenter she was she was the nicest lady she was so sweet um tom atkins we we keep wishing that he would somehow come close to us here he's definitely on our our bucket list at least for mine to to meet and and you know um so yeah i mean uh, the fact that you met him is pretty damn cool yeah. um yeah yeah and it he was a apparently a side note he i went on the sunday they had it that was when sinister was starting to do the two shows so they had the summer show that was the first year they did a summer event and then they were also going to do the october one which was the staple they had done the october one nice. the last the two 
prior. And the way that they had, I guess, the autograph tables is that if you've been to the Stockton Arena, they have like two levels to it. And I guess all of the vendors were down on the floor and all of the people doing the autographs were up in the top area. And I guess Tom Atkins didn't like that because he couldn't see everybody. And I guess not a lot of people were going up that way because all the vendors were down on the bottom. So the Sunday they moved everybody down to the bottom to the to the bottom area. So you had the autographs and the vendors and the the people doing the signings were kind of on the sides and all the vendors were in the middle. And I just remember somebody saying, oh, he's kind of in a bad mood today. And I'm like, oh, well, it's like, you know, I I have to be he's, you know, one of my, you know, the bucket list people to me. And I I just have a different way of going up to people. I don't I just go up and say so nice to meet you thank you for you know for you know my awesome childhood being in these movies and he and i struck up a conversation i talked to him about meeting adrian when she put out her biography and she was starting to do this she had done this book called i think it was called hollywood vampires and i was talking about meeting her in 2008 and he's like oh yeah adrian and i and he said i remember the because they grew they were from the same area they're both from pittsburgh i believe oh okay um he was talking about her and we got a good conversation going and he couldn't have been a sweeter man in my opinion and just had just it was just a you know a meeting you know one of your heroes and he turns out to be an amazing guy and he's getting up there i think he's almost 85 so it's wow. like he's yeah. yeah but yeah he was a complete sweetheart so i when i met him he was 80 so it's like you wow. wouldn't have just I, I, but I keep, it was a great experience. I keep wishing he's going to get here. And then I'm like, I just, if he is close to 85, it's like, it could be yeah. tough for him to, to, to travel and fly. And it's like, you know, is it, do I have to go to one of these, like, you know, what I think there's that one in Texas, uh, Fright, oh, Texas, Frightmare. Texas, yeah, Texas, Fright. I know there's a few, you know, throughout the spread out throughout the country. And it's like, I may have to go to one of these just to meet him, yeah. you know, cause I'd love to love to meet him. And, uh, you know, so, and maybe, maybe one of these days we get a chance, you know, like son of monster Palooza or one of those, things, something, you know. something, you know, so, all right. So my number one, I, I mean, this might be a no brainer <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. uh, my number one is the shining. I, you know, I, I mean, I think, no, I think the shining for most people would be their number one. Uh, if you're doing a top five of 1980, um, I mean, I look, We've done an episode on, you know, on it. So, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about it. I, you know, it's, I, I, I can't really say more than what I already have said about the film. I think it's just, a, it's, it's, it is a masterpiece. It's a classic, again, for a reason. Um, you know, I, I'll go briefly on it. The acting is, come on, it's phenomenal. Jack Nicholson oh. and Shelley Duvall kill it. I mean, hell, even Danny Lloyd is pretty damn good, um, you know. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, the music is, 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 it's just like Morris was saying earlier, it literally starts at the beginning and just, it's like a, it's like a gut punch, right? You know that yeah. nothing good is going to happen here. And it just sets the tone for the entire film. The, the, the camera work, the camera work is phenomenal that I, I think I talked about this in our episode is when Danny is riding his little big wheel and as he's riding throughout, you know, the hotel and it goes from carpet to floor and carpet to floor and, and then, and you know, and then going through the, through the corners and stuff. And it's just a brilliant, it's a brilliant shot for me. Then when he finally comes around the corner to see the twins or, well, they're supposed to be twins, but you know, and then it's just like, oh man. And it's just, I could talk all day on it. <clears throat> There's so many different layers to this film. 
that I don't even know if we, we tried to do it in an episode and, and we did the best we could, but I mean, you could almost do like A, B, C, and T and just keep talking about different things. And, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, so the, for number one, for me would be the shiny and I, I'll leave it at that because again, we could talk all day long on it. So, and now, <laughs> now I am in very interested cause I don't see Morris's yeah. list. I have a, I have an idea and I'll say whether I was right or not. I have an idea, but I'm just curious. I hear, so I did. I did screw up, and I I, I want to say that I, I mentioned that it was an honorable mention. I and I I totally shouldn't have said that. Oh, you, oh so it is your number one. Yeah. Oh, oh now, okay. Uh, so there. go ahead, go ahead. Let drum roll. Okay. Maniac. Ma- Maniac is Re- your number one. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't think. I thought you said Fade to Black was your honorable mention, and yeah. maybe another one. I don't know if you did say Maniac as did, your honorable did mention. Did I? Because I, I, I was jotting off some, and I, I <clears throat> thought I mentioned Maniac, and then when I said it, I, I'm like, I was biting my tongue. I'm like, oh, I should. Not good. your number one. Yeah. I, I am not surprised it's on your top five. I'm not. Yeah. I'm a little shocked it's your number one. Yeah. Go well, for it. it. Well, tell, it could, tell, tell me what you got. Well, it could. It could have swap places with with uh, the changeling you know but wow. yeah but um you know just over the years and believe me when i first saw the movie oh god it was one of those you know you seeing those covers in the in the mom stores. oh yeah um yeah. and and it was one of those like you know again it's like i'll never see that that's that looks gross <laughs> you know woman's yeah you know it, it looks like he has woman's hair you know hair in his hand he like must have ripped her hair off little i know that he scalped her and and cut it off (laughs) yeah yeah. um but over the years it's really kind of grown on me as a as a movie from that year um uh the more i watch it and believe me i don't have like the i think the 4k that came out with blue from blue underground i just have the blu-ray and uh but i i really I love it because it's a different kind of movie, and I wouldn't really call it a slasher. I, I think it's more of a, it, it's kind of like a character study, almost like um, uh, something in the vein of, uh, like if nor if if we were to follow Norman Bates, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. and see and yeah. see what what operated with him. It's it's kind of like another another way of looking at the killer, you know, because you're kind of and and believe me, I love the. Uh, the um, Elijah Wood. Um, uh, it was a really good remake. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, I, you know it's funny. I did. I did watch that, and I thought it was pretty good because yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the remakes. Um, I've said it a million times, but that wasn't. But they bad. did something different. It wasn't bad. Yeah, they did something different. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. But uh, you know, just uh, uh, yeah, Joe uh, Spinell is just he, he's he's greasy. He's you know he <laughs> he's. he's remarkable in his role uh you know he was a really good actor just seeing him in the different things that were even more popular like rocky you know and yeah. and uh um yeah i just i i really i really like the movie i mean it, it it's one that the more i watch it the more it uh it grows on me and uh like i i could have flip-flopped it like you said flip-flopped you know with, it's with hard, yours it's yeah. really hard yeah um yeah but yeah maniac uh maniac is yeah. your number one and maybe, maybe next week uh it'll be you know it'll changeling be number one <laughs> maniac number two yeah yeah it's it's tough it's tough man you know because yeah we could rotate i could rotate a lot of these yeah. except for mother's day i mean mother's day would be my five but i could easily move the fog all the way up i can move the chain i mean uh, any of these honestly yeah. you know all right ben you're number one what do you got uh, it's same as yours my friend it's the shining, the shining. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah it's just yeah it's and it's one that um 
I didn't see until way later. Like I said, you know, the commercials freaked me out as a kid. And I remember it was on cable television. I remember seeing the end of it and not really getting it. I think it was just, you know, it was like, it was, it was creepy, but it just was one of those ones that I didn't really see again. And it wasn't one that I rented as a kid. It wasn't one that I wanted. Jack Nicholson really freaked me out as a kid. I, I became a fan of him as I got, I think once he did Batman, I think then I started uh, yeah. to warm to, um, warm to, uh, him as an actor and I started seeing more things. I had seen him in other movies. Like I had seen Princey's honor. I had seen terms of endearment, but mm -hmm. it wasn't until Batman came out that I really started to get into, you know, his work. And, uh, I remember reading, uh, the book. Um, I actually read the book completely. I was sort of flipping through it. I had it, but I didn't really read it in full until the late nineties. Um, but, they aired The Shining in 1995 on, I think it was aired on, it wasn't on, it wasn't on um, home box office or Showtime. It was on like a, maybe Channel 2 or something. They aired it, but they aired it and they didn't really edit it very much. Mm. Uh, but I was able to watch it and I just really got into it again. I think it's that opening, the music, the atmosphere, the slow drive to the Overlook Hotel, the interview, um, you know, just the, the, the little things in it that just sort of make everything seem a little bit off. Um, there's just something about it that just really got to me and it didn't have to be something jumping out at you. It didn't have to be a monster or a ghost. It was just that location they were in and how you kind of, I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest complaint that King ever had against Kubrick was the fact that Jack Nicholson came off as insane from frame one. Yeah. As soon as you yeah. feel like this stable man, whereas in the book and even the, the McGarris miniseries from 97, it's a slow descent. It's a man that's had his demons, that's made his mistakes, that's trying to fix his life. By <clears throat> and that's a slow burn in terms of him becoming unstable. Whereas you can tell Jack Nicholson cannot stand his wife, cannot stand his child is it, you know, just, there's just something he's at the end of his rope. He's not in yeah. a good place. No, no, he's not. And, yeah. that, and, and yes, you see him slowly get a little more insane looking as the movie goes. <laughs> but, I, but I think that's what, I don't know. It's, I don't think enough credit is given to Shelley Duvall. That's oh one thing. God. Yeah. But there's so many people that write her off as this shrieky woman throughout the film. And, you know, uh, she's a woman of abuse. She's a mm -hmm. woman that's in a situation that is, is so uncomfortable and so such a, it's like walking on eggshells and mm -hmm. she's trying to keep the peace and keep her. This guy's already dislocated her son's shoulder. It's like, you know, she's trying to just, keep everything at bay and not antagonize him to the point where he'll be violent again. And you see that in scenes like where she comes into the room when he's working and says, Hey, weatherman says it's going to snow later. And he's like, what do you want me to do about it? And you just see that just how she's like, Oh, come on, don't be so grouchy. And you just yeah. see him start to unravel and you just see how quickly it can escalate. And I think that's the brilliance of not only the script, but the acting. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, I could gush about the film forever. I mean, I, I love, you just feel like you're isolated with them. 
and what would you do in this situation? And these little things that they pepper into it, like the woman in the in the bathtub and and things like that. Um, oh yeah, oh no, it's absolutely. So well, it's so well done. The music, the the the, the color scheme that they use, um, the 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 hedge maze because they couldn't do the topiary that's in the book. Yeah. Uh, and I think Danny Lloyd is great. I'd love that they cast an actor named Danny to play the character Danny because they <laughs> the whole thing was that Kubrick did not want this boy to know that he was in a horror film, and he didn't yeah, know yeah. for years in a horror film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I love Lloyd the bartender, the the actor. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Just passed away recently. Joe Turkle. Uh, Joe Turkle. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's just. Um, there's nothing about and i know that you know there's a lot of people that and i love the book and i actually have you know things about the miniseries that came out that mcgarris did that i enjoy um again it was for television nothing will ever compete with this because this is even though it it used the blueprint of king's book you know as you know something to build off of you know cooper kind of took it in a different direction in some aspects but it still works and I think that that's the brilliance of the film. It's like every time you watch it, you discover something new. I that's uh, exactly it. That's exactly it. Because I did, you know, watching it more recently, and you know, I think as I was younger, Shelley Duvall did annoy me a little bit, right? Because you're you're looking at it through a, a kind of like a younger lens, and as you get older, you appreciate more, and oh. and you see all the yeah. layers and the substance to this. Because there are so many layers in this, you know, and then little things that Kubrick would would purposely do throughout the film. Torture that no yeah, or yeah, tormented her. Yeah. Sure, for right. Shelley Duvall. Okay. But I'm just saying as a whole, like little things that we and again it's in the episode that we did, but it's like, you know, he he did everything on purpose. So yeah. if so if there was a chair behind Jack Nicholson and then two seconds later it's gone and then it's back again, it, there's a reason because Kubrick had a he just he was a brilliant filmmaker. He he always wanted to make you feel uneasy and mm-hmm. and it, what's real and what's not real mm-hmm. and you know and that was the brilliance of him. And now he put his actors through hell, especially Shelley Duvall in this in this film. But uh, you know, I mean it obviously came out when the movie was all said and yeah. done. I mean it's just, you know, he wanted to exhaust them mentally. I think that's like the, I think the door where Jack breaks through the door. I think that was fifty takes for him to break through that door and the bathroom door with the axe. And you see, if you watch Vivian Kubrick's documentary on the making of it, which is amazing because it was like I think it's the only documented telling of Kubrick behind the scenes, and you just see what the actors are going through with regards to their lines and. How Shelley Duvall was like pulling hair out because she said she was so stressed out and she mm-hmm. fainted, and then the, they get into an altercation when she doesn't hear the call. And I mean, there's so many things about that. You just see like how Jack Nicholson was kind of handled more with kid gloves and how Shelley was kind of put through, you know, to make her to almost put her into that state that she's in as Wendy in real life. Yeah, I think that's. Again, I mean, you could say things about how that was done, but, you know, you watch that film and there's nothing that seems false. Everything seems authentic. And I think it's because of some of the little ways that Kubrick went around making yeah. that film. Yeah, that, yeah. That. Yeah, from their perspective, I'm sure it was tough. I mean, I'm sure it was tough. and But then, you know, the, obviously the end result is this, 
you know, this masterpiece and, and, you know, and so, but yeah, I'm sure they went through hell going through it. It's more so Shelly Duvall. I, I did hear, I think I, I think there's a scene with Scatman Carruthers where I think Kubrick made him do a take a hundred and something times. Yeah. Broke uh, you know, and so, yeah, and there's, but you know, I, I think a lot of stuff, you know, happens that we find out about later, you know, I, I, um, I, I can't think of it offhand, but I know there was a, I, I don't know, maybe it was, it was the ex shit. I can't remember, but you know, when yeah. firing a, you know, firing, yeah, firing a shot, firing a gun or whatever oh, the hell the it is. William yeah. Will, we, yeah. And William yeah. freaking did in the exorcist. And so I, I don't think you can get away with that stuff now, Oh no. no. <laughs> but they, they sure did back then, you know, and then you and find now. out. Yeah. It's like, I think if you tried that now, it'd be everywhere. Oh, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it would ruin the career of whoever. And it's just like, yeah. you and know, they'd be canceled. And they'd be canceled. So yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, shit, that was cool, man. That top top. Oh, before I forget, I want to do. Uh, Darren couldn't make the episode, but yeah. uh, he's his top five. I'll go really quick. Uh, number five, Maniac. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, The Fog. Number three, The Changeling. Number two, Friday the Thirteenth, and number one, The Shining. The Shining is like yeah, his, his one of his favorites. Yeah, one of his yeah. favorite, if not the favorite. Um, but yeah, I wanted to throw that in before uh, I forgot. And hey, Ben, um, before before we let you go, um, where can people uh, find you? Um, like on Instagram, YouTube, and all that, all that stuff. Yeah, YouTube, uh, it's just uh, Boogeyman Ben. Um, been doing it. I'm actually going to be hitting uh, 12 years in September. Nice. So I've been doing it for quite a while. Um, but yeah, I'm on there on uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram. I have Facebook, but I more prefer Instagram just because it's. I just think it's a little bit more convenient, and uh, I'm trying to get away from Facebook a little bit. But Instagram, same thing, Boogeyman Ben. Okay. And uh, I've been doing quite a bit of, you know, I'm trying to do things a little differently this year, but I'm doing a lot more on location stuff. I have some that I'm working on right now and uh, planning to do a uh, ranking of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Nice. And then I'm doing uh, one. I have a Patreon uh, page that I just set up and I just did it just because I ran into some issues with uh, copyright stuff. It was just because I was using uh, a scene for a on location video, which was silly, but uh, set up the Patreon. If you want to donate, that's cool, but I do this for fun. I do it for free because that's just the way I'm built. Yeah, um, but I'm yeah. My patron, who's who, I have one patron now, my friend Celeste, she's awesome, and uh, I am doing a top ten uh, horror movie heroes and heroines. So oh, I that's cool. That, um, so I'm going to be working on that. I'm trying to do get away from just doing movie reviews. I feel like there's enough people on YouTube doing movie reviews. Like so I'm us? Trying to, <laughs> <laughs> just it's kidding. Not like dig or anything. It's just that. I've never been comfortable doing it, and I kind of felt like I did it in the beginning just because I didn't want – if I didn't have something to showcase, I'm like, well, what else can I talk about? Yeah. And then I think, you know, there's some other things I can try and, you know, just see if people are interested. So, I mean, but I did see Nope, and I did see, you know, a few horror films recently. I finally did a review of The Black Phone. So I am still – every once in a while, but I'm just trying to do a couple of different things. Yeah, no, abs yeah. absolutely, yeah. man. I mean, but, if you can, you know, do it. Um, um, you know, um, I do sure. have to ask, uh, uh, Ben, being that you grew up in the Bay Area and you watch Channel 2 as well, do you remember in, uh, I think it was like a Saturday afternoon that they broadcast on Channel 2, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, the first one and part two on a, on a Saturday afternoon, probably in 
81, maybe pro- probably more like 82 before the third one came out. Uh, and, and they were pretty much uncut. Oh, they thing out. <laughs> do, do you oh. remember that? Oh, I don't. Because I really, at that time, I didn't really get, I really got into Friday the 13th. I'd seen part two. And I think there was this thing that, I can't remember if it was Showtime or HBO, but I remember they did, like, um, they would show a bunch of horror movies all together. And I remember they showed, the, so this had to have been, like, 1983. Okay. I think they showed part two, and they showed, like, The Thing, because The Thing came out in 82. Uh, so it's like they showed a bunch of them, and that was the first time I saw part two. And then I really got into Jason after seeing part three, and I don't think I saw that one until 1984. Okay. And we- and, and I remember in 1984, that's when Final Chapter came out. So I think they were starting to show Part Three on cable, and then I really got into it after that. Nice. So, but so earlier than that, Friday the 13th was kind of like a small blip for me. Okay. You know, my dad, you can't watch this movie if someone gets their head cut off. So that was, <laughs> that's funny. I like, love it. Are- <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah, I was but- shocked to see it on, <laughs> on Channel Two, uh, and and like I said, it was virtually uncut. There was there uh, except for maybe the nudity and uh but there was some oh, it, yeah there was like, some blood um and i was like wow saturday afternoon and i taped it uh, I, I taped them back to back that's funny and and i remember our our little uh vcrs it, it was a top loader it had one of the corded uh remotes oh yeah and i i was like pausing it through the commercials and then unpausing it when, uh, when the yeah, yeah that's when funny the, when it came back that's and, hilarious yeah yeah well I, okay. I think that's gonna do it for us but hey man we really really super duper appreciate you coming oh, on out um it was a it was an honor for us to have you on uh, we would definitely like to have you on again you know i, I know your schedule is probably pretty busy but you know we'll We'll, we'll keep in touch, and then, you know, when when time permits, we'd love to have you back out, man. Yes, man. Oh, I'd love it. Thank you so much. It's been an honor, Rick. Thank you. You and Morris great. I hope one day I get to speak with Darren. I'd love to talk to all you guys. And, and anytime, just reach out. I mean, like I said, um, I'll, you know, promote that I'm going to, you know, when, if you guys let me know when the episode goes up, I'll, I'll you know, oh, make we sure will. I- I'll absolutely yeah but before uh, before we put this one up I'll let you know and and you know we'll we'll let we'll let people know that you know it's coming out that you're going to be on there and uh, we hadn't done a top whatever before so this is the first one and yeah. it just made sense to to start with 1980 <laughs> because in my mind I believe you know, I think the 80s was probably the best decade, but yeah. I guess maybe I'm partial because I grew up in the 80s and I'm sure people, yeah. 70s are great too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. you know, so, but uh, anyways, well, well, thanks again, yeah, man. Thank you, ben. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon and everyone out there who, uh, who listened to us ramble for this top five, <laughs> we appreciate it and uh, everyone take care. Bye now. Thank you guys. You Bye. listened all the way to the end. We appreciate that. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ear for fear podcast twitter at ear for fear and subscribe to our youtube channel at ear for fear podcast you can also check out our website earforfear.com there we list news and events we're available on all the main platforms so make sure you tell a friend we hope you come back and get an earful